My name is Angel Cologne. I am a former homosexual. I am a survivor of the Pulse nightclub shooting on June 12, 2016. I was shot six times, sustained a shattered femur, and suffered nerve damage. A day I will never forget, a big turning point in my life. Even in the midst of chaos, I prayed and prophesied over my life that I would survive and live free, and here I am today. Amen. Standing with no cane, here in the capital with my changed family. Many think I've made my decision to leave the LGBT community lifestyle because of the shooting, but I was desiring change way before June 12, 2016. Going through this horrible tragedy made me make the biggest decision in my life, which I'm very happy with. I've made this, this, this decision a year after Pulse nightclub shooting, finding what was the most important thing in my life, which was finding my true identity, which was in Christ. Amen. And today I stand here in the Capitol, sharing to the world that change is possible. Yes, I am known as a Pulse survivor, but I really want to be known as living proof that God does transform lives. Amen. All right, so we only know him by Angel. That is a formerly gay man uh, giving testimony publicly, along with a, a ton of other ex-gays, uh, male and female, and former transgenders. Uh, in, the, in Washington, D.C., just a few years ago, you probably never heard that, did you? Well, we're going to talk about this whole business of the propaganda and lies that have treated and taught and absorbed into the culture that people who are struggling with same-sex attractions or struggling with their, the, the sex that they were born uh, can change, that God can transform them. This is not immutable. You are not born this way. These are external factors that come into your life uh, and certainly the work of the enemy to try to destroy God's design for sexuality and marriage. And we're going to talk about that today. Plus, we're going to bring to your attention that Andy Stanley, who's one of the nation's probably most popular preachers, has come out really embracing the fact that you can't change and accusing the church of making uh, gay, homosexual, transgender people uncomfortable. It's just kind of a up to me, an apostasy. And if you think that's too strong, well, then stay tuned. I'll make my case. You're listening to Sandy Rios 24-7. And by the way, if you want to call, if you, after you listening to this, you have some things to say or share, you can call us at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Uh, you can go to any podcast platform. Your favorite platform is there. You can go to our home base, which is afr.net. Or really easy, you can go to sandyrios.com and listen on a daily basis. I want to point out to you that we're in the business of saving lives here. You know, we're in the business of saving lives, you know, while you're still breathing. But we're also in the business of saving literal human life, and that's certainly the unborn. Uh, we work with Preborn on a regular basis. And with our partnership with Preborn together, we have saved countless unborn babies in their mother's wombs who are now living and breathing. Uh, and who knows, some of these days, preborn, I don't think is old enough to have grown kids talking about the fact that they're the product of preborn's ministry, but uh, I'm sure that we'll be hearing that. Uh, and you will be responsible for so much as, of what's happened. We provide ultrasounds as a team here for moms who are struggling with the notion that they're pregnant, young ones, older ones, whatever the circumstances, uh, and uh, just a glimpse of their baby in the womb, identifying all of us mothers have been through this. There's something incredible about the first time you see your baby in the womb. And this is how preborn uh, operates to uh, save babies' lives, because most women who see that don't terminate their pregnancies. If you would like to help, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And make your most generous donation. All right, so uh, next up, we're going to be hearing the voice of Andy Stanley and commentary by an ex-gay man. It's really interesting. So stay tuned to today's edition of Sandy Rios 
24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. Figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm a gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-law's house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place, I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father, who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. That's the voice of Pastor Andy Stanley, who is undoubtedly one of the most influential pastors in the country. The son of Charles Stanley, he pastors Georgia's North Point Ministries. It's a huge church. Uh, Thousands of people listen to him. Thousands of people read what he writes. Uh, And so that sounded pretty intriguing, right? And some of it probably resonated with you, and some of it you weren't quite sure But Andy says so many good things that it must be right, right? Well, I want to posture to you that this, what we're seeing here, and I'll just set the table with this. I have said several times in the past, and I will repeat, that many times we'll say pastors, Christian teachers, will start out um, very orthodox in their faith, their interpretation of Scripture, And consider it like a river. They're going down the river headed in the right direction with the flow going the right way towards, you know, God's viewpoint. And then a slight tributary will start on one side of the river or the other. And then the tributary, as the more the water flows there or the energy or the interest, the larger the tributary becomes. And then the tributary becomes the river, and it's going in a completely different direction. I've seen that happen with Bill Hybels. I've seen that happen with uh, the, who I sat under his teaching. He was a good friend of mine. I saw this happen. I've Russell Moore. I've met. I haven't. Uh, I, I'm not a good friend of his. And I, that he did the same thing. He let so many young pastors down the wrong path because most of what he said sounded right, but part of it was apostasy, and we didn't realize it. That's going to be the discussion today about Andy Stanley, and I hope that you will. Uh, stay tuned. I know you will. My next guest is someone I, I've known for many, many years, and uh, we just haven't connected in a long time, and I'm so glad he reached out to me about this because I did not know this story. Um, Christopher Doyle is a licensed professional counselor. He is the founder of the Institute for Healthy Families. 
He has a passion for this, in other words, the scriptural interpretation of this, because Chris himself was once a gay man living the lifestyle who came out, uh, I mean, left the lifestyle and ended up getting married and having children and then counseling others who were struggling with this. He's been in the forefront of the fight to keep counseling people on uh, who are confused about their sexuality, uh, 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 the freedom that we still have in this country. Chris has been fighting that as much as he possibly can. And he joins us today to respond to what Andy Stanley is saying about gay people and their Christianity. And so, Chris, thanks for joining us. Sandy, it's so great to be with you again. Yeah, it, uh, so, Chris... We're going to have to take this, I think, point by point, because I do think what he said is confusing. First of all, let's just tackle that LGBT people have more faith than a lot of you, he said to his congregation, and he expounds on that. Um, Is that true? I mean, they come, he's right, they come, uh, he's claiming, in a hostile environment, and yet they still come. I'd love your thoughts about that. Well, thank you. And my first reaction to that statement was, when I was a very young man, I was counseling with a pastor, and I remember him telling me, you know what, Chris? As Christians, we really shouldn't compare our sufferings to each other. We all undergo challenges in our lives. We all undergo loss and grief and and suffering. And each of us has been equipped with the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God the Father, to, to help us work through those challenges, and God provides us faith in order to do that, in order to overcome and struggle with those life challenges that we experience. So when I hear a pastor saying that a particular class or subset or sexual minority or race has more faith than another, that personally offends me as a, as a human and as a Christian that has undergone my own sufferings and my own challenges. And I would never say that this person or that person has more faith than you. How do we know that? How could you possibly know that? So to me, Pastor Stanley does that. And believe me, I'm a big fan of Pastor Stanley. I've followed his work for years and respect probably 99% of what he says. But like many pastors, recently he has this issue dead wrong because he says in his statement, right, that for years people that are LGBT pray to their father at 12 and 13 and 14 and 15 years old, and God said no, meaning that he didn't take away their same-sex attractions. The problem with that statement is inherently that God didn't promise us that he would take away our problems or our struggles, but he did say he would never leave us. And the second point that I want to make about that is I would would, uh, say that the people that are praying that prayer, and by the way, Sandy, I prayed it when I was young, the people that are praying that prayer are praying the wrong prayer. And it's not God take those feelings or attractions away from me, but God show me the meaning for why I experience these same-sex attractions or these transgender feelings so that I can find healing and live the life that you intended me to live. You know, I think that this is really, uh, Chris, now I'll just say this, this disqualifies him. Uh, to me. I, I would not listen to him on anything anymore. Because, I, again, I've been down this path before. And what I see is that people like Andy, Pastor Andy, whatever he calls himself, insert these, they start going off the rails, and this is what I see happening. And it doesn't stop here. But let's dig in further, because he also says, I do think that what he said about um, about the fact that young people pray to God asking to be released from these feelings, and he didn't answer their prayer, and he says, and they still loved him anyway. Like, that's something remarkable. I mean, that's at the essence of faith, Chris. Uh, We don't serve God. We don't believe in him. We don't serve him. Job certainly didn't. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego certainly didn't. Only believe God based on what he did for them and how he answered their prayers in the moment they asked for it. That's Correct. just not the way God works. So that is a pastor telling people Correct. you have great it's, it's faith. Not the crea- it's, it's not the creation, the creation's job to tell the Creator how to go about <laughs> doing His business, right? It's our job to worship God and to understand that God gives us a set of challenges 
and that that because of sin and brokenness and and that that we inherited from Adam and Eve, that we're all going to face particular challenges in our lives. That's the voice of Christopher Doyle, who is a licensed counselor, a former gay man. Uh, we're in the middle of this conversation, and there's so much more. We're going to be hearing from more ex-gays um, and more, even more statements by Andy Stanley, so I hope you'll stay tuned. Well, I Christian Healthcare Ministries is also one of our sponsors. And you might wonder, well, how, how does this work? Well, you know, they pool resources of Christians. They create this big fund, and as you need health help with your health care, you draw from the pool. And so, as you know, sometimes people have these crisis situations, and when they do, they get more of the money. And then when you have a crisis situation, you get that money. That's the way it works. Insurance works that way in general, but this is not insurance. This is a, this is a different kind of process. And they have three different levels. You can choose the one that fits you, the kind of coverage that you need for your family. And uh, you, you might find that it's much more affordable, and you also might find that it's much better health care than you're actually getting right now. Go to chministries.org slash Sandy. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. And now back to Chris. Everyone has a struggle in their life. That's right. Everyone has an illness. Everyone has, you know, as he has kind of Andy, Andy Pastor Andy joked, right? A mother-in-law or a father-in-law that's a thorn in your side. And by the way, um, I've gone to gone into situations in churches before where I feared judgment, and it wasn't because that I struggle with same-sex attractions. There's plenty of situations that Christians go into the church where they still fear judgment or condemnation. But let's get let's get to the real message of 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 what we're what we're what we're trying to get to here, right? Pastor Stanley is trying to create a situation where that those who struggle or identify LGBT have a welcoming place to come into the church to worship God. That place always and still exists if we are doing biblical Christianity the right way, meaning that we are loving unconditionally, and we can love conditionally, Sandy, without affirming everything that our brothers and sisters are doing or behaving. And I often make this when I this this analogy when I counsel parents who are struggling with gay and lesbian children, and I say to the children and the parents, I said, you know, this might be an issue that you might not agree with, right? When we have an openly gay son and we have parents that would wish their son wouldn't identify or be gay. But I said, you know, that doesn't mean that we can't still have a relationship and love each other and try to work these issues out. And it says in the Bible, right, that we're all to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So what Pastor Stanley is doing here is he's sort of giving those people struggling with this particular sexual and gender issue an easy out, right? Oh, just because God didn't remove it from you, or just because you still have these feelings, that's okay. You don't have to struggle anymore. The Bible doesn't apply to you. And I'm sorry, the Bible applies to everyone. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all broken, and we have to work that out. And that doesn't mean that we just, we just water down the Scripture and we don't provide real solutions. This is one of the reasons why I want to talk to you today, is that the work that we've been doing at the Institute for Healthy Families for the last 15 years is we've, provided, we've been providing real healing solutions to families. And what troubles me about Pastor Stanley's conference is that he is not providing those solutions. He's providing testimonies from openly gay men, and we have no idea if those, if those men are living uh, biblic, biblical adhering lives, um, basically to encourage parents to just accept blanketly their son or daughter's sexuality without questioning at all. And, and then at the same time, he's saying that the Church is a, uh, uh, adhering to a biblical Christian model. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't know how that works. Because if we are openly encouraging sin, and we're not calling out sin, that's not biblical. That is not what, 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 what it says in the Bible. So what we do at the Institute for Healthy Families is we work on restoring relationships and healing broken hearts. And in order to do that, we have to work with one family and one person at a time, and I just don't find the value of what Pastor Stanley is doing um, by having this big conference and calling it unconditional, uh, but he's not really providing a, a comprehensive s- solution. It's really yep. just nothing but conjecture and, yes. and talk, and, you know, it, it's, it's so confusing to the congregation, the Christian community at large. Well, I think so, and I think it does a—it really condemns— uh, 
people with gay attractions. Well, I've I've had this conversation before with another ex-gay friend of yours. I can't. Even, I'm just going blank. He's a good friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but uh, he has a real problem with this new way of treating uh, homosexuality in church, which is you know the Russell Moore brand. That was he was uh, talking about this too. That as long as they don't have sex. Uh, they can't help. Right. They're just created this way. It's just the way they are. In fact, Andy Stanley says they find themselves in a battle, not against a behavior. They find themselves in a battle against a defining attraction that they did not choose, but somehow has chosen them. In other words, they are it just came to them. They God probably had some, some would say God created them this way. That's what they like to be told in the gay community, as you well know. Uh, and it p- creates a hopelessness, a helplessness, Chris, that you can never really have a fully uh, satisfactory sexual uh, companion in marriage um, of the right gender because you just can't help the way you are. As long as you don't have sex, you're okay. I think that's what Andy's saying. Am I wrong? Well, I, I can't exactly say that, but uh, I don't know what he's saying. Um, but what I can say is that we know that same-sex attractions are not simply, or, or, or transgender feelings, are not simply chosen by the person. They experience, uh, people experience these, these feelings and, and, and uh, gender uh, behaviors because of a complex variety of emotional wounding and unmet love needs, and oftentimes and, uh, trauma. And what's happened uh, you know, in, our, in our culture, and I write this in my you know, 2019 book, The War on Psychotherapy, is that We've been so indoctrinated to believe that people are simply born LGBT and that there's nothing that you can do to somehow resolve, heal, or change the issues that lead someone to be attracted to the same sex or to have transgender feelings. And therefore, because of that, you're born that way. And we know that scientifically, that's completely inaccurate. There's been study after study in the scientific literature that has tested the DNA, the genetic factors. Um, you know, twin studies, you name it, have looked at this for decades, decades, and they've yet to replicate any of these studies that have even shown that there might be some genetic contribution to it. But we know that, that in fact, that people do experience uh, sexual fluidity and change. I'm one of those people, right? I was primarily attracted to the same sex when I was young. As I grew into my 20s and I experienced a lot of healing, I became exclusively heterosexually attracted. I went on to have three natural children and two adopted children. And what we see from the literature, and this is actually from gay-identified scientists, uh, one, one uh, uh, very well-known gay-identified scientist, Lisa Diamond, who's a lesbian, she uh, authored the APA uh, handbook on psychology and sexuality. She said in, in this handbook, and this is the APA, right, one of the most liberal uh, science, uh, scientific psychological organizations out there, she said that the research indicates that sexuality is fluid and can change throughout the lifespan with and without therapy. And so what, that, what we can say that means is that people do experience change. And the fact is that the research indicates that homosexual, I'm sorry, heterosexual attractions are something like 20 to 37 times more stable than homosexual attractions. And what that means is that people that experience usually heterosexual attraction typically stay heterosexual. But for those who experience homosexual attraction, throughout the lifespan, those attractions become less stable as they grow mature. And what I have noticed in my, in my counseling practice, I've counseled hundreds of individuals and families over the last 15 years, mm-hmm. is that as individuals grow and they experience positive, healthy life changes, meaning they have emotional healing, they develop bonding and attachment with the same sex, which we know is a cause for same-sex attraction, uh, they resolve trauma. Um, with and without therapy, those individuals typically develop more heterosexual attractions as they grow. And we can see this even in longitudinal studies like the National Longitudinal of Adolescent Health Study, where it looks at like, you know, five waves of data. And they survey young people like at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We can see from that data that when they survey young people at the beginning wave at like 13, and then they, and then they look at it again at like 16, 17, Progressively, we see less young people identifying and experiencing same-sex attraction because they simply sometimes grow out of it, sometimes they heal, sometimes they get therapy, and sometimes they resolve those issues as they grow. It's more of a developmental uh, issue here in some respect. Very interesting. I, I, I Listen, I, I pulled some uh, testimonies from ex-gays, and as you and I both know, 
They are legion. We just can't ever hear from them because nobody gives them a microphone. Yeah, it's kind of like the silent majority of uh, people that voted for Trump, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, kind of like – and then they're, they want to talk about it. I There was um, – I don't recall the year. It's been a couple of years ago that uh, ex-gays went to Capitol Hill to try to let their voices be heard. And I've pulled a couple of these. This one – this first one is a female. And uh, I just think people need to hear examples to make our point, Chris. I mean, you're an example, absolutely. And look what God has done in your life. But here's a female giving her testimony. This is clip one. I am a former lesbian. I'm very passionate about this topic uh, because I really embraced that life. I won't talk about how or why I went into that lifestyle, but I fully embraced it and I was confident in who I was and I sought it out and I was a champion for the LGBT and I really even like to um, just be out there and promote it. So I had fully believed in in this lie that gets perpetuated that people don't change, they can't change, and if you try to change them, it's detrimental to their health. And I just wanna say that's a lie. I almost missed out on some of the best and most precious moments of my life. I wasn't gonna get to get married, I wasn't gonna meet my husband, I wasn't gonna get to have my own children. This is not something that my mind was even open to, I didn't know that it was a possibility for me. And I stand before you now, a changed woman. I don't struggle with same-sex attraction. It's almost like it never was for me. And so I just, I, I would like for that lie to stop being perpetuated. It's just simply not true. People can and do change if they want. And we need to be allowed as free Americans to seek that out. Nobody has the right to tell you, you can't be what you want to be. And I did want change. And through the power of God, the creator of heaven and earth, this was able to happen. Amen. These days were able to happen, these moments. And I'm a happy woman. I don't suffer depression. I don't suffer with anxiety. I don't drink myself into stupors like I used to have to. Well, that's a testimony Amazing. from a lesbian, former lesbian. Isn't that something? And, you know, while, while she's speaking, Chris, they're showing pictures of her children, her wedding. Yep. Uh, it was so moving. That's just one of the tests. I hope to play some more of these as we're talking. But that's something that someone like an Andy Stanley needs to know because he's uh, actually encouraging, discouraging uh, people yeah, from very, seeking God's that's way. Very troubling. Yeah, and that's very troubling, Sandy. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I wanted to talk about this because um, you don't see people in, like me in, invited to Stanley's conference. You don't see any testimonies. You don't see any parents. And I, you know, at the Institute for Healthy Families, you know, we have um, parents that we've been working with that are actually coaching for us um, that have been working with our organization for a number of years and have been healing their families. And I know of, of one particular um, example, uh, clients of mine that after working with us for a number of years, their daughter was, uh, their daughter was involved in a, uh, in a uh, I'll just say, an, un- an unhealthy sexual relationship and you know, with that involved the same sex, and um, she was also struggling with some other uh, some other emotional health issues. And um, these parents did what we call change the culture of their family, and they did a lot of relational and family healing work with their daughter. They learned how to empathize and and validate their daughter's feelings and her experiences and trauma. They learned how to love her without being judgmental about the choices she was making and join her even whenever it was hard to join her. And as a result of that, of their hard work and, and really the grace of God, that woman came out of lesbianism and married a man about a year ago and is living a very, very healthy, satisfying life. And the work that we do is not trying to change people per se. You know, I, I don't like that word change because, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't believe that people change. I just believe that people heal. And when people heal... And what we're talking about at the Institute for Healthy Families is we, we bring together, and in fact, this November, we're bringing together um, fathers from all around the country and some internationally. And, we, and, and one of the things is, is we still have room for, for, for some fathers out there who might be struggling with gay or lesbian or trans-identified children who, who really feel like they're at the end of the rope, like they don't have any solutions. They don't know what to say to their child. They, they might be um, 
you know, have no relationship with that with that child. That, that child might be in their 20s or 30s and living the gay life. But what we do is we work closely with each dad, and we also did this for moms, and then we have a mother's retreat. Um, in fact, we you know, that was last spring, and the father's retreat is this fall, this sort of November in the Washington, D.C. area. But what we do is we, we, we help each father come to a personal healing within themselves to learn how to be a healthier father and a healthier man, and then to help them learn how to do relational healing with their child who's struggling or is identifying as LGBT. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to mend and heal the relationship at the same time as heal the person, the father. And we believe that when we have systemic healing and change on the family level, that healing trickles down into the person who's struggling with same-sex attractions um, on many different levels. It, and sometimes that does produce change in sexual attractions, you know, and, it's, and it really, really does happen. And it's miraculous and amazing. Um, what can happen whenever families can change the culture of their family by, by really healing themselves first. And that's what we're doing with the father. So more, if, if your listeners want more information on that, they can go to our website at instituteforhealthyfamilies.org, and they can find more information on that healing retreat for fathers that's happening at the end of November. Yeah, let me just give more detail for you, Chris, because it's November 17th through the 19th. Key to Your Child's Heart Healing Weekend for Fathers. And again, this is for dads, just to clarify, uh, Chris, dads who have kids with same-sex attraction or they've identified as LGBT. And that could be transgender also? Yes. Of course, the T is transgender. So, uh, you know, uh, this is not funny. I was going to say this is funny. Well, I guess I could, in a sardonic way. But, you know, uh, the whole quaint issue of being gay is kind of lost uh, by the wayside, because now it's all about transgenderism. And let me ask you, do you believe, Chris, that the same uh, kind of healing process applies to transgender persons and children the same way it does to men and women who are attracted to the same sex, same but different? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, the, in the last number of years, in the last five years, the fastest-growing population of clients at the Institute for Healthy Families are transgender uh, children, and specifically uh, young women who have rapid onset gender dysphoria, and um, and, and this is uh, something that was made very uh, famous by study by Lisa Lippman, um, who who wrote the you know wrote the research article rapid onset uh, gender dysphoria in, in in females, and if you recall, um, I believe she was associated with Columbia University, one of the Ivy League universities, but when that study was published. An onslaught of hate and pressure came from the LGBT activists onto the university, which basically condemned her own study that they published with her. I, think, I believe it was a doctoral research. Or doctoral research, and what and what this study showed was that that um, that that these young women were being uh, were having this rapid onset of gender gender confusion. At the age is of like 12, 13, 14 years old, right after, basically right after puberty. And what we have found uh, working with these young women over the, the last number of years is that these girls who are, uh, you know, identifying as transgender, they're what we used to label as tomboys whenever we, when, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right? These were girls who were not real feminine. They weren't the pretty, pretty type of girl. They they were typically more athletic, a little bit more rough and tumble, um, and they just accepted back then that they were kind of tomboys. They weren't the typical girly girl. And then a lot of those women, um, these girls, a- actually matured and grew up and became beautiful women, you know, very feminine later on in life. But, but it, you know, in their awkward years, they really struggled accepting themselves as that. Well, what these girls now are, are, are being indoctrinated is they go onto websites called, like, Discord, and yes. online websites that basically recruit them and say, well, if you feel like this, or if you're like this tomboy type of girl, that means you're transgender. You're a transgender girl, and you're not like the other ones. And You should really consider getting a double mastectomy, taking hormone replacement therapy, and transitioning into a boy because you're not really a girl, and this is the reason why. And it's pure indoctrination. Lisa Lippin did this research and found an abnormally high amount of girls were, were uh, in this type of facet we're, we're experiencing gender dysphoria, and that's why she labeled the, the condition rapid onset gender dysphoria. You know, I want to pause just for a second because this is a Kathy. Kathy was a transgender male who is now a female, and I want people just to hear, rather than just to add to our conversation here, Chris, 
This is Kathy. This is clip five. My name is Kathy Grace Duncan. I'm from Portland, Oregon, and I'm a former trans man, former transgender. Before I went to kindergarten at a very early age, like three or four, I believed that I should have been a man. I felt that I should have been a man. Dysfunctional family situations. My dad was very emotionally and verbally abusive to my mom, which told me that women were hated, women were weak, and they were vulnerable. I was then molested by a family member, which went on for two years. Also confirming that women were weak, vulnerable, and hated. At the age of 19, I finally surrendered and went into the lifestyle, took hormones and changed my name. From there, I began to live as a man. Two weeks later, I got saved. However, because I didn't hear from the Lord, I didn't think he was, I thought he was okay with my lifestyle. Four years later, I was confronted by the church and they asked me, who are you? Who are you really? And at that point, I told the truth and I said, I'm a woman living as a man and the Holy Spirit blew into me. And I realized at that point, I needed to go back to being the woman that he created me to be. The next day, I started that journey out. Five years later, it took five years for the hormone effects to really wear off. And at that point, wow. I crossed over and began to live fully as a woman. Mm. That was 26 years ago. Amen. And I have to say, I'm changed. <clears throat> I'm free. Yeah. I no longer struggle with uh, the attraction to women. It was a group of uh, ex-gays and ex-trans trans people uh, speaking out in Washington, D.C. a couple of years ago. And I, you know, uh, Chris Doyle is my guest, by the way. Uh, he's the founder of the Institute for Healthy Families, and their conference is November 17th through the 19th of this year. You can go to instituteforhealthyfamilies.org to find out uh, how you can join. But, uh, Chris, I just want to make the point. You know, if Kathy had been a part of Andy Stanley's church, she would have had that experience. Yeah, I don't think she so. Been, she would have been, been... I think she would have been profoundly more confused, and it's 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 really a tragedy, and... Um, you know, and, and Andy, Andy Stanley, you know, he would really be, um, he would really be, you know, doing his congregation a, a great service if he would get educated on this matter and really reach out to those who um, who really have, have transitioned and healed and have come out of this and, and hear our stories. Um, unfortunately, what we've found over the years is that, you know, people who are taking this position, even Christian leaders, and, and unfortunately, Stanley is not the only one. They typically have already made up their minds, and they're really just looking for others to to kind of confirm their their, their confirmation bias um, already. And uh, it's basically based on ignorance and a lack of education. And um, and there's de- and there's there's deceit going on there. Satan has deceived a great amount of people in, into understanding this to be something you're born with, something you can't work on or heal. And that's just a simple lie. You know, I'm living proof of that. Um, had clients, you know, many 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 clients. Have successfully transitioned out and healed, and um, are living satisfying heterosexual lives. Um, and um, you know, I just want to say also that um, that in our efforts to heal and 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 and, and transform the family, um, we have to start with love. We have to start with with understanding that we're all broken individuals that come to come into our life and into our adulthood and from emotional wounds and, and, and issues from our past we have to resolve. And so, you know, we can't have a conference that just gives a quick fix and says, you know, this is the way you are, you're good, you're good to go. It's much more complex, and it's much more complicated than that. And it's not something you can simply just go and sit and get and say, oh, this is an easy solution, this is the way to go. You know, that's why, that's why we work with families in therapeutic environments to help them deal with the complex issues that causes this. You know, the root causes as to why someone experiences the attractions and these feelings, you have to get down to those root causes and heal those issues. It's not a simple solution. Um, you think about this. It, it took many years for those who experienced same-sex attractions or transgender feelings to, um, to feel that way because of the wounds that have been, that have been inflicted upon them. And it's going to take a, a oftentimes a long time for the healing process to, to go. And that, and that's sort of a struggle that I think a lot of people in our culture have is, 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 undergoing, a, you know, a long and painful healing process and, because we live in a, in a culture where everything I want I can get now on my iPhone. And, you know, the healing and, um, and working through emotional problems and issues doesn't work that way. You know, there's layers of grief and stages of healing we have to go through. And, and unfortunately, I think there's too many in the church 
that have not done their own healing therapeutic work or healing emotional work. And so they often look for quick fixes to complex problems. And, you know, I, I would tell Andy Stanley, this is not a, this is a complex problem. It's not, a, it's not an easy fix. And you need to look a little bit deeper uh, to what God has for us uh, in the process of healing here. Now, Chris, as you know, I, this is an issue that I have covered for so many years. I, since I started on radio, this has been an issue for decades. Uh, and now, you know, transgenderism is the new wave, but it's this, uh, and so I've just personally learned that it seems like the sexual sins are the ones that have the greatest pull on, pull on us sometimes. And uh, they, but they come in so many different forms. They can be uh, adulterous affairs, attractions to other people. It could be serial adultery. It can be, you know, just the, the attraction to someone who's not your spouse. It can be pornography. It can be a, a fantasy for women. Uh, it can take so many different, um, um, take so many different forms, and it's no less a sin than is uh, the attraction to same-sex persons. It's the same but different. And um, and so for us to say to a congregation, uh, you know, it's okay for you to have, you know, you can't help these strong attractions to other people. You know, it's the way. And if you pray and God doesn't doesn't deliver you from that, then. Uh, you know, you're, and you still love him. Well, that's pretty amazing. That's basically what he said. It's just a twisting. And I want to make one last point because I think Andy deserves this clarification. His unconditional conference, he had, as you alluded to this, two openly gay men who are uh, in both in same-sex marriages. And his comment about that was, here's the thing about Brian and Justin, their stories and their journeys of growing up in the church and maintaining their faith in Christ and their commitment to follow Christ all through their high school and college and singles, and all the way up, uh, up to the time they were married, their story is so powerful for parents of gay, especially kids, that it's a story gay parents and gay kids need to hear. Not really. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That is a non-negotiable for all of us, no matter what sin besets us, as the Scripture says. Any final thoughts from you, Chris? My heart goes out to all families that experience the the, the struggle who has who have a child that that is same sex attracted or transgender um, feelings. But as Paul says in the Scripture, right, that we have we some some of you experienced, you know. A slant, being a slanderer, being a homosexual offender, being a sinner of many, many, many kinds, right? But then Paul goes on to say after that, um, and such were some of you, right? That you, yes. Such were some of you that experienced these issues. But the hope is, right, he leads, he, he ends with this, right? But you are washed and you're sanctified and you are made clean by the power of Jesus Christ. So, if we remove the gospel and the healing power of Jesus Christ in the same sentence as those who struggle with these issues, these sexual issues of any kind, right, whether they're homosexual or heterosexual or whatever, right, we remove a key element of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is you are washed and sanctified and healing is possible. So we should never give up, never give up hope, never give up uh, belief that Jesus can transform us and take us from where we where we don't want to be to where he wants us to be. And that is the mar- miraculous healing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. And I stand today as someone that experienced the healing in my life, and I know that others can too. And I yes. appreciate you allowing me to tell my story and again offer that healing and hope to oh. so many families out there who uh, are, are desperately seeking it. Yes, my pleasure, Chris. It's the instituteforhealthyfamilies.org to check out that weekend for dads, the Healing Weekend for Fathers, November 17th through the 19th of 2023. And just all of Chris's resources uh, will be very beneficial. And I have to say on a personal note, God has taught me so much. And Chris, the more I worked on this issue, the more my heart, uh, I just, uh, it's embedded in my heart that Jesus said, uh, Paul said this in Titus, uh, that remember, you too were once afar off. You too were once in that condition. So we love people. Uh, into redemption, or we love them back to wholeness. And that's the whole point. It's not out of anger or righteousness, because heaven knows none of us have much of that. So it's remembering you too were once lost. And so um, with that, and I know you agree with that, Chris, and that's why I like you. So 
Thank you for joining me today, and we're going to post that on our website so people can see that. Chris Doyle, Institute for Healthy Families. Thank you, Sandy. God bless. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. All right, this is Sandy Rios, so Sandy Rios 24-7. Uh, you know, if you would consider a leadership gift, which is a more of a gift, it's more money for a preborn. Uh, you have a you'd have a tax deductible donation. They're asking for five thousand dollars for those of you that could afford that. And what would that do? It would sponsor preborn's entire network for twenty four hours, and that would be a rescue of uh, an average of two hundred babies. Would you consider that? If you would, go to preborn.com/sandy. That's preborn.com/sandy. And if you can't do that, uh, that amount, that just seems huge, more than you can afford, then make a donation that will supply whatever you can, the amount of ultrasounds to women in crisis pregnancy. Again, it's preborn.com slash Sandy. I'm, well, I'm a former transsexual, drag queen, and prostitute. I lived a life of much gender confusion, much um, abuse verbally, physically, sexually, by my father. Over the years, I had had probably 50,000 sexual partners and um, because I was a sex worker and I hated myself. I hated the fact that I was a man. I never knew how to accept myself or truly love myself. And then um, about six years ago, someone invited me to church and God began to change my life, began to change my heart, and began to change my sexual identity, my gender confusion, and I began to heal from all of those things. Change is possible because if God can change me, he can change anybody. Do you see why? Do you see why we cannot tell? our brothers and sisters, our aunts, our uncles, our children, that their sexual confusion is okay and normal? Do you see why Dick Cheney, who championed his lesbian daughter, did her such an incredible disservice? We can't do that. And so we're just reminding you of that today. God's standard is the standard. And at the same time, it's because we love them. It's because we love them. It isn't because we hate them. That's a whole construct that the gay community came up with years ago. I used to fight with them in Chicago over this. It isn't out of hate. This is ridiculous, and you know it. You know I don't hate you. You know I care about you, so stop that. Uh, But it, it just grew, and it became a powerful tool. But I'm just telling you, we love them out of this, and but we love them by telling them the truth. I've asked Bruce, this is a kind of a different subject for him, Bruce, the former FBI agent. Uh, Bruce, you just listen to all of that. I just wonder what, what struck you. This is familiar turf for me, not so much for you. What struck you about all that conversation? Well, it seems like when it comes to gayness or transgender and the church, we start to put them into a different category of sin. And as we've always said, hate the sin, do not hate the sinner. But because of the power, in my mind, because of the power of the lobby for the gay community, pastors have backed away from confronting, and I don't mean confronting in a bad way, but dealing with people that have same-sex attractions or transgender feelings. And they've sort of put them into a special category. You know, you would not have... You'll you'll see uh, churches with uh, rainbow flags out front uh, to signal we welcome gay people now that the rainbow has been hijacked. But would you ever see a flag in front of a church saying, we welcome murderers, we welcome fornicators, we welcome adulterers, uh, adulterers, and, uh-huh. and uh, people uh, hooked pornography. on pornography. Yeah. We love you. Come and, and practice here. And and there's a reason for that, because those sins are not obviously those are not things that are going to be tolerated as far as being blessed to be okay. Every, people come from all backgrounds into churches, and we all have our baggage. I can speak for myself. I have terrible baggage, 
but if you keep telling me it's okay, then I'm not going to that you couldn't change, help it. That I couldn't help it. Yeah. And it seems like for whatever reason, and again, I think it's political pressure, um, the pastors have fallen down on the job on this, and they are now treating this differently. And I think that's what Andy Stanley is doing. And I think it's like it's just like parents that seem to revel in having a transgender child. Like that is now becoming sort of the flavor of the day, to, the good thing to have. And it's like virtue signaling. Yes, it's yeah. virtue signaling. And yeah. I think the church is going right down that path yes. in many cases. Or they're just being silent on it. Yes. Most of many pastors are just silent on it. Well, uh, that's uh, all we have time for today in commenting about this, but I'm sure we've whet your appetite for more. And I want to we'll commend to you the Christian Post article that uh, is longer and talks about Andy Stanley and what he actually said at his conference. It's Andy Stanley defends conference for parents of gay kids, says homosexuality is not a behavior, but a defining attraction. And that's uh, that's the title of this article from Christian Post. It's written by Ian Giotti. Christian Post reporter, G-I-A-T-T-I. All right, so we'll post that on our Facebook page so you can read it, but you can share it with others. Listen, thank you so much for listening today. We just appreciate it so very much. And I want to thank our sponsors, Christian Health Ministries and also Preborn. You can go to preborn.com slash Sandy to make your most generous donation and go to chministries.org and check out what they offer. Compare it with your current insurance or whatever you have that's covering your medical needs and make comparisons. It might be an improvement. That's chministries.org slash Sandy. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.